Welcome to the Midnight Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Easton Bennett, alongside my fellow co-host, Tyler Sinden. We are both entrepreneurs who are learning, growing, and building our own businesses, and our goal is to share our experiences and knowledge to help you grow and become a successful entrepreneur. Strap in. Tyler, we are back. Episode four. Episode four. I guess that's our intro now. I read the intro, and then I just say your name, and I say we're back. Yeah, yeah we are back, though. So how how are you doing over there? Good. Good. I've got a couple uh, updates to give. We I don't know if we've talked a ton since the last episode we filmed, but I mean, a couple updates that I can give you. Um, well, I was on the Minot Air Force Base today shooting, and apparently it's a little difficult to get into that place. Um, you yep. think it's a pretty important place. They're just not letting anybody in there. Uh, but yeah, I had yeah. to go through, had to get the whole video production van searched. And, uh, yeah, oh, really? Good. Yeah. They find anything? Nope. They're like, you got any guns or drugs? And I said, nope, just nerdy camera stuff. <laughs> but that's all right. It, nice. And then it's we good shot. That you made it through. Yeah, we shot some sewer system, uh, something or another. Uh, some sewer system thing that wrecks goes over a manhole, sprays inside. Pretty, uh, pretty simple shoot. Nothing crazy. Um, and then another big thing. First podcast sponsor. Uh, f- not for this podcast, but another podcast I have. We have a sponsor. They want to do 12 episodes, which is kind of big. So that's is exciting. Is that the My Not, My Not Business podcast? Yep, yep. So um, I won't say the sponsor out loud yet, but uh, I'll tell you after the show. But um, I, you probably know who have it is. Have we already, already talked about it? Yeah. Yep, yep. I think you mentioned them. Okay. Yep. So they, cool. want, they want to do 12 episodes, so that's kind of exciting. And it got me thinking about our podcast is to I wonder when, what point we have to get to before people start reaching out saying, hey, I want to be on there. Fly. Do we sponsor though? I don't know. Do we? Maybe if it's for uh, it's really got to fit our morals, you know. Yeah, we got to be eth- ethic ethic around it. So yeah, it, yeah. And then I, uh, I, I was just thinking like more of it. Uh, I I don't know. I I like the podcasts that don't uh, yeah. have sponsors, but at the same time, like a lot of them do, and it it helps the podcast out. But. I mean, we're we're probably far away from there, so yeah, we'll talk when the <laughs> when we get there. Well, hopefully. we'll we'll circle back to that one. But you know, that's kind of an interesting topic. It's like if there's a podcast that can be a podcast without, like, it has its own business on the side where the podcast doesn't need to make money. It almost makes more sense not to run ads to stay more authentic to your audience. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what I was thinking. That would this would be like a good avenue for. And also something that would potentially tie into this episode that we're about to talk about. Yeah. And that's where, you know, we'll have to cross. Maybe there's, but you know, it's hard when people are like, Hey, we'll give you a hundred thousand dollars. If that happens one day, it's be like, ah, but we're <laughs> morally don't yeah, want to run them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that I, and then I, go ahead. Sorry. I, yeah, I, I was just going to cut you off and say that I also had a few things going on as well. And, um, I know I mentioned it on the last podcast as well, where they reached out to me and got the shoots in. And I think they went pretty well. I tried to do as much as possible, go above and beyond with them. But it was just a few small things. So it was tough to go like above and beyond. But I did my best. I think they really liked it. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. And you sent over that video. And for the people that are listening that don't know what we're talking about, Tyler had a shoot with a new client. got his feet in the door and now he's uh, shooting some stuff for them. But how did that second, we didn't talk very much about the second project. So the first one, obviously I knew about, and then you sent me that second video. How did that second video go? 
Yeah, it was pretty good. I I just didn't really have much direction with it. It was just like capture some of the like engagements that were happening and just kind of showing that we're out there and, you know, we're involved with the community. And, you know, it's tough to put that all into a video and capture everything where it's just people mingling. Yeah. Um, I tried to do my best with it where I had a little bit more dynamic creatives to it instead mm -hmm. of just quick cuts and I added a few or one little section in there that um, just added a different element to it instead of just a bunch of videos yeah. cut together. So it was it was interesting. I'm I'm fairly happy with it. it. I I sent them to two different files. One was without the little creative added into it, and then the other one was with it. And they went with the one added into it. So oh really pretty happy. So about they that. did post yeah, it. And did. for the people that are listening, what yeah. it was like a. So it's a real estate company, but it was like a community engagement video, right? Yeah, it was uh, kind of a local stroll the streets. Entrepreneurs go out on the street, put up a little pop-up tents, and then you can just go out, see what people are selling. They had a friend put up a little pop-up tent for their homemade barbecue sauce. Okay. And that was right outside their office. I tried it. It was some pretty good barbecue sauce. And it was just trying to capture, you know, them being out in the community and their involvement there. So hey, I got a barbecue. What it was. I got a barbecue sauce client now. Do you? Yeah, it was in Fargo. That's how like, I was in Fargo a couple weeks ago. Uh, I've right never, on. I've never been into the product space. Like, I don't have a ton of clients that actually like sell a physical product they make. So it's super yeah. interesting. And we kind of talked about like the process of making barbecue sauce. But uh, no, that's cool. I really the last update I have is that. There's a couple more people, a couple more clients reaching out that want to start a podcast. So I know last episode we talked about the business where you kind of create all these podcasts for different people. So that might mm -hmm. be a little bit more expedited than we originally thought. Oh, really? Yeah, but I don't Moving know if forward? it's... Yeah, do you do it under the current company I have or do you start a whole separate thing? So that's kind of what I'm thinking about. Do you brand it differently? Probably not. Um, I always, so always get it a little too far ahead of myself. Why would you put it under another one? Maybe let's say I don't understand, which I don't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's explain it to me why you would do that. And the main thing I think about the reason you would do it under a different name is in case, say down the road in, let's say a year from now, there's 10 different podcasts that this new company is hosting. Um, then maybe you have to get into a building where the building, do you label it as the production studio that I currently have where all the other clients are? Or do you have it as the own specific like podcast incorporated and inside of that building is just all of the podcast sets? So that's the only reason that I would really consider it. I don't think it really matters a ton uh, because it's all under the same umbrella company. But uh, like we talked about, I don't know if it's on the podcast, but having that... Uh, that one brand and then kind of branching off into five or six different avenues, almost as the parent mm -hmm. company, um, that would fall under one of them. But, you know, I don't have that many people yet that where I need to buy a studio and have a bunch of different rooms. But if it gets to that day, which hopefully it does, then I might have to reconsider. Yeah, it's seeming like you're moving that way, which is good. I hope so. I hope I can convince them because the prices per episode for me to shoot it and everything is I'm keeping it fairly slim. Because yeah, it's pretty easy, just to start. yeah, pretty easy recurring revenue, um, where you know you just have to film an hour and edit, 
depending on these podcasts, sometimes it takes an hour to edit. Sometimes it takes two adding all that stuff in. But depending on the length of them, you can hammer them out pretty quickly. And then upselling the services of pulling social clips like we do for this podcast. So that's kind of, yeah. that's the one caveat where it's like, okay, maybe you get people in at that lower price. And then mm-hmm. let's say it's a hundred and whatever an episode, $150 an episode. And you have to commit to 10 episodes, 1500 bucks. But after they do 10 episodes, they're like, oh, we need social clips to start promoting this. Okay. Then maybe get them up to $300 an episode. And then they're like, oh, we also need this. We also want you to manage our page or whatever it might be. And it's like, okay, well then it's this an episode. Create a website. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's, that's down the road a little bit. Um, I can't imagine a lot of the clients that are spitballing the idea will want to go with the full-fledged hey we want the full package produce the podcast i'm sure a lot of them want to see some social proof uh but that makes sense i understand that yeah i i I feel like you're progressing your way there and i feel like the more that you do get these clients i think more other people would be interested in as well because it's like they it eliminates a lot of those excuses to start a podcast maybe there's 20 people out there that don't can't start a podcast yeah. because they don't have the equipment they don't have whatever it is mm-hmm. they don't have the studio they don't have the lights they don't have the camera they don't have the mic they don't have whatever it takes what was that i dropped Jeez. a poker chip <laughs> you gotta stop fumbling <laughs> yeah <over there>. sorry <laughs> but they don't have yes so, they don't have the equipment continue it eliminates all those excuses and then all they got to do now is just pay you a couple hundred dollars do it for you do it for them and they don't even have to edit too it's like you know yeah. And that's it where it's a lot of those excuses. It's because if you're running a business and let's say it's if you do 150 bucks an episode, it's like 600 bucks a month. That's not a crazy expense for a business. You know, a lot of businesses, if they're pulling in over three figures, is that yeah. that crazy of an expense um, for a episode every week? Three I figures. don't. I don't. <laughs> well, I, that's on the lower. You know what I mean? A lot. Or three figures. <laughs> Six figures. <laughs> three figures over the zeros. Over the zeros. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, if you're even if you're pulling in a hundred thousand dollars a year, five hundred bucks, that's only six grand a year, yeah. which is yeah. not that crazy. Well, I guess it'd be six hundred bucks a month, so a little bit more. But that's not that crazy of a what's the word investment. That's not that crazy of an of an investment if you're actually trying to start something. So that's uh, that's kind of the last update I have as far as that goes. I'm trying to get the ball rolling a little bit more on that, but you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll keep updating as the, as the show goes on. Cause that's, that's what this show is for, right? Yeah. Documenting our journeys. No, exactly. I was actually thinking about that uh, earlier today when we were talking about when we were going to record is even if this podcast doesn't blow up or anything, we're going to be able to listen back to this 25 years from now and be like, what was I working on then? Oh yeah. I was creating this podcast company and then 20 years from now, I could be like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm working at right now. Or, yeah, that was a dumb idea. I remember when I had that. <laughs> so it'll be kind of. Yeah, you can go back and listen to all the stuff that you said. You're like, wow, I was an idiot. Yeah, I should just start listening. Every five years, I'll listen to all the episodes. And then it could be like, oh, I forgot about that idea. We should run with that. Yeah, that'd be good to look back. But uh, let's get right into this uh, week's topic, I think. Unless you got anything else to update us on. No, I feel like that kind of segues right into our topic, which is, you know, finding unique ways to get new business or clients or leads or whatever it may be. Because um, you start in that podcast, you know, you maybe did did think that it could lead to it, but it's leading to other different opportunities that you maybe didn't even envision at the time. Yeah. And that's something where I think this topic is super 
it's very saturated in who talks about it. You know, a lot of people talk about how to get clients. How do you get clients through email? How do you get clients through this and this and this? And there's a ton of videos out there on the internet. And this isn't saying what we're about to talk about is the end all be all of, hey, this is how you need to do it. But we just want to talk about our experiences with trying to get clients, what we've seen that works, what we've seen that hasn't works, and maybe some new ideas on, you know, how can we find these clients? Where are they at? Where are they living? Get them out of the woodworks. (laughs) And I feel like there's also a lot of those obvious ones that people will always say like, you know, your website, social media, word of mouth, but Mm -hmm. we'll try and branch off to other ones that maybe aren't as talked about. Yeah. And that's where, I mean, I say we can probably just talk about like the obvious ways to start for the people that are very basic right now. Let's say they're just starting a business. Those basic ways. I mean, probably the number one thing, well, you could argue, but a website and social media. Those are probably the two things. It's like, okay, you have to have these in today's day and age. Would you agree? I wouldn't say have to, but it's strongly recommended. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some businesses that can do really well with off word of mouth. And that's a lot of the times how a lot of businesses do end up starting to take off. But yeah, especially like this day and age, it's, it's so easy to create a website. It's so easy to create social media handles. It accounts whatever it is it's just you know it's it's you're better off just doing it just because of how easy it is yeah and that's where a lot of people think oh i have to spend two thousand dollars to build a website it's like no me and you both built our own websites it costs us what 15 bucks a month to host them um yeah somewhere around there well i guess the conversion rate What's yeah, that, like it's, $85 it, Canadian? <laughs> yeah, Monopoly money. <laughs> <laughs> it just depends. Like, there's a few other expenses that go into it, like your hosting, your domain, whatever whatever it is. Yeah. Like, it adds up, but, like, it's only a couple hundred dollars a year. And for me, I learned it all on online. Like, the YouTube. YouTube's, like, a great resource. I watched a video, learned it all on there. Like, I went to school for marketing and all this i didn't learn how to make a website which is kind of unfortunate and i ended up making a whole website within i don't know how long but it didn't take me long at all and i just watched one youtube video it's a pretty niche thing to go into for college i think i what major does that even fall under like uh what's that web development something like that i mean for for there's a lot of different ones. Like there's software engineer and there's, I think there's probably like web development. I went in like marketing, but mm-hmm. I mean, we had one class where she said to make a, like a teaser website or whatever. But other than that, uh, yeah, I feel like it just depends. It depends on your school too. Like a lot yeah. of schools will like more top end schools might get into those weeds where create a website, create a fictional website or whatever, because you can create one say on Wix and mm-hmm. you don't have to pay for it. It can just be a free one. So yeah. And yeah, that's I where like I just building a website. It's like, just make one. And I have a couple of clients that don't even have one. We just shot a video for X golf and obviously that's a franchise. So they have their corporate website, but they don't have a local website. They just have a Facebook page. So there are scenarios where, it makes sense. Like you don't really need one, but for how easy it is nowadays with all these templates and different platforms, just have one. And honestly, I don't even get a ton of marketing out of my website or find a ton of new clients from my website. A lot of the time it's from social media, which is a good transition into social media, I think. Well, I feel like 
one thing that we like to say is that your website acts as a 24-hour salesman, a 24-7 salesman. It's constantly there. It's constantly up. It's constantly running. And if anyone ever wants to search that, say it's midnight. Maybe you are, but mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you, maybe you're up at that time, but your website's going to be up at that time. Maybe it's like three in the morning. Uh, someone's searching for... <laughs> you don't sleep, eh? Yeah. <laughs> midnight entrepreneur over here. Yep. So it's just... It's constantly up no matter what. Like it doesn't sleep, you know? So if someone's searching for it, same with social media too. Yeah, that's that constantly is, up in there too. That's a good, uh, I've never actually even thought about it that way. But yeah, it is. Yeah. Because I'll get a random email leads or whatever you call them where they fill out your form and it'll be like late. Like obviously I'm still awake, whether it's like 10 or 11 o'clock at night, but I'm not obviously working at those times. Um, actually, the midnight entrepreneur. The midnight entrepreneur I am working, so I'm always working. We're always working. Tyler's always working too. <laughs> we don't take day, days yeah. off. <laughs> and midnight's actually when we start. That's why we named the, the show this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get leads for that. So yeah, that is a good way to look at it. But you have to make sure the stuff on your website actually is enticing enough for people to want to be a new client of yours. And what I always say is when you go to your website, go to it as someone that is looking to purchase your services and actually role play okay, if I was going to go to this website and I wanted to find video services or I wanted to find a plumber or whatever it might be, go through it like you're actually looking for that and see how simple it is. And you'll actually run into a couple, you know, things, obstacles that, oh, this could be easier if there was a button here or I could take out this button. And then the other thing that I did with you for the website as far as getting new clients is you went through my website when I built the new website after the old one and just kind of said, Hey, you should put this here or, Hey, there's a problem here. There's an issue here. So use your resources of friends or family or whoever, uh, and see if they'll go through your website for you. Yeah. I think one of the common things is just doing it yourself. Like they say, go to your website and do go to where you want them to say, submit a contact form or purchase your services and see how long it takes you, see how confusing it is. And you doing it yourself is a good way to see the process and doing it, see if there's any way to cut out the fat. Yeah, I agree. I think that's enough on websites because websites bother me. (laughs) I hate even the thought of building a new website. I'm totally contradicting what I said in the beginning, but it it is super easy. It's It's just annoying to just, yeah, it's just, it's so tedious. I hate tedious, tedious processes. I'm struggling with my words here today. Got a cat and my hairball in my mouth or whatever the saying is. Uh, let's get into social media though. So social media, I think, is probably the most useful way to get new clients. That's a majority of how I see my new clients coming in is reaching out via Facebook, actually. It's probably the number one thing. And then uh, word of mouth. Um, so a lot of the time, people will give my contact information and they'll call me and say, hey, I got your number from so-and-so or I'll have people reach out on Facebook or something and say, hey, we're looking for this video. And then I move it over to email. But honestly, personally, from my experience, I think the easiest way to get new clients is through social media. And even if they don't come through social media, they'll move into one of the other avenues, whether that be the website or email or phone call. Um, But just getting your brand out there, your business out there, it's so easy to get it out there with social media right now. Yeah, I think it depends on the service that you're offering. I think for you, social media acts as a really good platform just because you're video based and a lot of like basically all of your projects are on your social media and that's how you market yourself. So they see your services, 
through your video. And that's a great way to do it. But even if they don't come directly through social media, there's a pretty solid chance that they at least looked at your social media to see what you guys do. Just check it out, see if you're active, whatever it may be. There's a very high chance that they do go to your social media to see your services. I feel like they, at some point, a client, a potential client is going to hit your social media, whether that be phase one where they find your social media and that's how they find you, or whether they be word of mouth where someone talks about you at an event and then they go to your social media to see what you're all about. But I feel like social media is kind of something where every potential client is going to run into intentionally or unintentionally. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. At, at one certain point or, or another, they they most likely will be, whether they're doing research or whatever it is. I I, I do think so. So just make sure, and I, I can't remember where I saw this, but someone was talking about just make sure that you are just alive on the platforms. You don't have to post every single day. Obviously, it's if you're in a market where posting every day makes sense, then post as much as you can. Um, but we know how hard content creation can be, but you don't want to have... For example, actually, this happened. I'm going to get a tattoo in a couple of weeks, and I went to the guy's uh, Instagram page, and he hasn't posted since 2019. And it's not it's not where I live, so I'm like, oh, is this guy even doing tattoos anymore? Um, so just you know, keep, stay alive on that platform, whatever it might be, just to show people when they do end up running into you on social media. It's like, oh, okay, they're still an active business like they're still doing their thing yeah maybe they haven't posted in a week or two but they're still at least active on the platform yeah i think that's a good point word of mouth probably last uh simple one that you know word of mouth is pretty standard i would say yeah just deliver a great experience deliver good products and then people are going to talk about you yeah and i think that's the one thing about word of mouth it's just it's those three things experience product and then people like are going to talk about so like just ha- make sure your product is good at the end of the day it comes mm-hmm. back to that if you're if you're a really nice person you can get away with a little bit of a worse product i think um if you're really great to work with they might they might overshadow the quality of work a little bit but um you know if you can just have a really good customer or client experience that's how you can really take advantage of the word of mouth yeah, I think to a certain extent, especially depending on your client, if they're a lot more professional, higher end, mm-hmm. they might not care as much about the personability. Yeah, and they care a lot more about the quality. So I think it does come back come down to the client that you're working with. Yeah, and if I had to pick one or the other, you know, good experience or really good product. I'm probably going to go with the really good product first. Uh, there are a lot of clients that I work with that they don't talk a ton. They kind of want to just get in and out, get the job done. Um, and then I have clients that want to go golfing with me. And I have clients that send me things in the mail just for fun. So it's like if you can have both, definitely have both. But really word of mouth at the end of the day is just make sure your service or whatever you are selling is top notch. Yeah, I, I- Hundred percent agree with that. Word of mouth, man. I get a lot of I get a lot of jobs from word of mouth, actually. Majority probably. Yeah, I was thinking about that. That was yeah. social media. It's probably word of mouth, to be honest with you. Yeah. You just you're just really good at video in that in that area. You know, God, I'm number one so, guy. I'm so damn good. People are just like, we need this guy. <laughs> only only joking people. We're average at best. 
We provide uh, average video work for an average price. <laughs> it's not even an average price either. Uh, but yeah, those are kind of the obvious ones. Um, I want to ask you a couple before I get into a couple ways that I've thought to get new clients. But I see on our notes list here, you got Kijiji and Craigslist. Those are kind of the two that I am curious about as to your strategy you've implemented to use Kijiji and Craigslist to get new work. Yeah, so... I was so basically, if you don't know what Kijiji is, it's basically the Canadian version of Craigslist, maybe a little bit less sketchy, but <laughs> Makes what sense. my buddy, yeah, what my buddy ended up doing was he put his services on there to paint houses and I'm like, mm, that's not a bad idea. And he was getting some leads through it and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do that as well. Uh, you know, it's just another way to try and get potential leads. So I did it <laughs> and, uh, I had a few people reach out to me. One of them was very interesting phone call, very awkward to say the least. But that one, I'm <laughs> looking back on it, it was like maybe I should have done it just like for the experience, for the plot. I, I, I yeah. Do we want I, to talk about that you, on the show? I think you told me about. It. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I did. Pretty wild. It was. Uh, yeah, it was. This guy. He was. He. He. I don't know how he got my number. Maybe I told. I don't know. Maybe it's in the ad, but he reached. No, he just straight up called me. He didn't even message me. He just straight up called me and he's like, hey, I'm looking for video and it's going to be a shoot with me and my wife or girlfriend or fiance or whatever it was. I think it was a wife, nothing against the guy. And he's he was really he didn't want to say the details up front and he wasn't saying it right away. And he was just like, yeah, it's just going to be, you know, me and my wife. And then later we talked a little bit more and like, I'm a fairly awkward person. So like this was, <laughs> I'm like when, when it's silent, I'm fine with it because like I, I enjoy silence, but like yeah. this, this silence was a little bit awkward, a little, a little awkward, more awkward you. than usual. Yeah. So he later got into more details about it saying, yeah, it's going to be more intimate and we're going to be nude. And then I was just like, oh, God, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Like, first off, I'm an awkward person. I, I don't know how, how I'm going to pose you guys like you'd probably have to be like, you'd probably have to be nude, too. <laughs> yeah, it's the only way to be comfortable doing it. You're behind the camera and you're like, all right, guys, uh, the only way I can feel comfortable is if I take my pants off, too. Yeah, exactly. So he just slowly got into those details and I'm like, oh, man, like. I've never done anything similar to that or anything remotely close to it. At first he was asking like what I've done and then he slowly got into those details and I'm like, yeah, I've never done anything like that. I don't know if I, how, how good I would be at that. And he's like, yeah. So the last videographer we had, he was a little bit awkward and it didn't turn out very well. So we're trying to find someone. And then I was trying to help the guy out and I just listened to a podcast about my, from my buddy and he interviewed someone that's around here and she does Bordeaux. So it's very similar to yeah. nude. And then I was like, I just listened to this podcast. Maybe she would be perfect for you guys. And then it was just like awkward silence. He does. He was like, I don't want that. Like that's what his awkward silence was. He's like, I don't want that. And I was just like trying to like look it up. And I was just like the whole time I was just like, I really don't because this is going to put me in an extremely uncomfortable position because I've never done this before. But 
after looking back at it, I think it would have made for a great story, a great experience to just like go out and do it. Oh, an but unbelievable just, story. Yeah, for sure. So it's like, look back and it's like, this guy kind of wanted, wanted me to make a porn video for him. You know? Oh yeah. Just like, yeah. So here's that was my very t- interesting. Here's my tips to you. Next time that happens, yeah. throw a ridiculous yeah. number out there, 10, 20 K. Then when they say yes, hire it out. And then you don't even have to do it. Then you just reap the profits. So you you say, okay, I'll charge you 10K. Hire someone for 5K to do it. Take your 5K profits for even generating the lead. True, true. Now, would you have paid 10K? Probably not. Yeah. (laughs) I I was just thinking, like, since I don't technically have a brand name or a business name, it wouldn't deter that. So me going to hire someone out, if I did have that brand or business name, that person might put a bad rep on us, given that bad experience for... You know, yeah. he was that bad at word of mouth. Yeah, <laughs> the word of mouth for more more nude fo- photography or videography for next time. The word of mouth wouldn't have spread. So that's so just the, one thing that popped in my mind. So the Kijiji and Craigslist route—that's something to be weary of, people. When you go through this, you you those are they're pigeonholed. Craigslist, especially, I guess I've never used Kijiji, but Craigslist is kind of pigeonholed as one of those places where you can get some crazy ads on there. So I would just be weary of, you might get some unsolicited things such as a nude videographer or, you know, maybe you're a plumber. A plumber is a good example. We've been using uh, nude plumbing. Maybe they want you to come to your house and just (laughs) fix our plumbing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fix the pipes, man. (laughs) Fix the pipes. Johnny. Yeah, exactly. Pizza <laughs> delivery man. You, you know, maybe <laughs> the do- maybe the Domino's people are in here listening. Um, yeah, but I've never used I've never used those two routes. Um, they seem, you know, yeah. a- anything you really go with. I think you can make anything work if you just do it right. Yeah, my buddy he he did the painting services on there, and what ended up happening with him, he got he got quite a few leads, but a lot of them were so he got this good lead, did the project for him. Then that guy referred him to another guy. And then that guy just kept referring him. So like, you know, you just find one person and it's word of mouth. So yeah. with that Kijiji ad, I had another lead that came in and she asked if I could do a football highlight film. So okay. it's just like, you never really know what, because I I think I branded myself as like a my local area videographer mm-hmm. slash photographer. And then I think I said, I prefer doing like real estate. And like, even in the description, like I say, real estate, business, corporate, whatever, Yeah, people are going to come out and say other things like, Hey, can you do this for us? Hey, can you do that? And mm-hmm. judging by those two, I obviously got other, uh, scenarios. So one of them was real estate. You'd be in someone else's property. If that counts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's something where you're going to get a lot of, even if you do niche yourself down, it's going into a different avenue a little bit but even if you do niche yourself down there's going to be people that ask you to do different projects i get people that ask me all the time if i do weddings and i don't so really once you get these potential clients and i know the episode's about getting new business um you don't yet i don't yeah what you don't yet do weddings yeah not yet where it's coming it's down the road don't lead the people in you know it's supposed to be a big surprise i'm just (laughs) kidding i know it's not at all i'm giving I'm foreshadowing. Yeah, God damn it. Now the surprise is ruined. Um, but <laughs> well, now the podcasting might take over the wedding, so who knows. Um, but yeah, if you if there's going to be people that ask for other things, but hey, new business is new business. You got to decide what you want to take on. 
Uh, Facebook Marketplace, that's kind of like Craigslist. Have you used that at all? Yeah, it's very similar with Kijiji. I did put it on there as well. I haven't really gotten much traction from there, but my, I think it honestly depends on what service you're offering yeah. on the place because my buddy, again, did his painting and he, he did get some good leads through there. And I feel like jobs like that, like services like that are probably more needed and more well-known compared to like video and photography services. Not saying they're not needed, but everyone's going to need a plumber one day. Everyone's going to need a painter one day if they want to repaint. So those ones might be more well-known. More people might be looking for stuff on there. Um, podcasting. So that's kind of an interesting one I can talk about. Um, mm-hmm. So podcasting is an interesting way to get new business because, and we had this conversation when I was just starting my first podcast, the Mind on Business podcast. The reason I wanted to start that podcast was because, and I don't even know if you know the story, but the reason I wanted to start that podcast was to market myself without actually cold calling and cold emailing these business owners saying, hey, let's shoot videos together. So starting this podcast, which the premise of it, for those of you that haven't listened, is I interview another business owner every week in my local area. And the reason for that is you can kind of gauge whether a person might be interested in your services based on an hour-long conversation with them. So getting these people into the actual podcast set, having them talk about their own business, you can kind of gauge. And I'm asking selfish questions like, hey, what marketing strategies are you using? And yeah, it's good for the audience to listen to that, but I'm also wondering myself. So what type of marketing strategies are you using? What's working for you? What's not working for you? What are some avenues that you can go down. So it's pretty much a discovery meeting, a discovery call, but it's filmed and posted on the internet, which now that I'm verbalizing this, I've just now thought that that's what it is. But it makes a lot of sense because I'm literally asking the questions I would ask if I went to a first meeting with a client. Oh, really? A lot. uh, Not all of them. Like some of them, you know, are just in there for the podcast. But a lot of the questions I'll ask when I actually go meet with a client. Yeah. So it's fairly similar. Yeah, I mean, I'll go, I'll go in and I'll say, hey, like, have you guys done any marketing stuff before? And they'll say, oh yeah, we did this, this, and this. Uh, or you know, what are some things that haven't worked for you? What are some things that really have worked for you? Uh, so stuff like that. Um, a lot of the stuff like, hey, what's your north star? Or what's your three pieces of business advice? That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't ask in a client call, yeah. but just turning these cold leads into warm leads. That's really the premise of it. If you can meet someone, start building that relationship. Even if they don't want your services right away, maybe five, six months, five, six years down the road, that person might think, oh, I was on a podcast with so-and-so. I think they do video services. Let's give them a call. Yeah. I feel like it's a good way to also just get your name out there for brand awareness because I feel like you doing that, you gain so much more brand awareness and visibility to all the people in the area because you're bringing on these local guests and they're sharing it with their audience, and then their audience potentially has someone that wants to hire you for your services. Yeah, I I 100% agree, and I think that's something that I've really seen. When I originally started it, I did it selfishly. I said, I don't really even care if anyone watches the podcast. I really don't. The only reason I'm doing this is so I can literally have a 30 to 45-minute conversation with a business owner I've never met before. That was the whole premise behind it. And now just kind of the side effects, I guess you could say, is people will come up to me. 
I was at the bank depositing a check and the teller goes, hey, you're the podcast guy. And I was like, I've never met this guy in my life before. So there's been multiple times when I'm out in public and people say, oh, you do the podcast. I really like the podcast. Or they'll shoot me a message and I haven't talked to this person in three, four years or I've never talked to this person. They're like, hey, I love the podcast. Keep it going. So I think the side effect of just, yeah, people even seeing that your name is out there, that you're doing things really goes a long ways. That's probably why I've been pitching a lot of clients. Hey, start a podcast. Literally just like start filming it. You never know what's going to happen. That That's why we started. Is, yeah, that reach is really cool, eh? Yeah, it's it's so weird. It always it like it works in theory if you think about it. Like you when you're planning and you're sitting at your desk and you're like, "Oh, I'm going to do this because this is what's going to happen." And then once you actually see things that actually are happening and you're like, "Oh, well why didn't I do this sooner?" Mhm. But yeah. I don't know. Excuses, right? Oh, exactly. I have to, you just have to keep coming up with them. So you can make sure all yeah. your goals and dreams, you just push into the deep, dark depths of the world. And then you and never, they never, ha- they never come true. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, the podcast, I mean, that's been the really big one lately. And even now that it started with one podcast, uh, we co-produced this one and then I produced two others. Um, the other one with just my buddies, people are saying, hey, I want to be a guest on your show or hey, I really like your podcast episode. And that's not even related to my video services but maybe someone that's watching for entertainment has a job one day and it all trickles back into oh easton's that video guy he produces those podcasts which is kind of cool i think it's just getting your name in front of eyeballs and your face in front of eyeballs for sure i think it's a great way for that brand awareness and just you know getting your name out there have you heard of gary v's uh and i don't want to go too much into gary v but his strategy his I think he calls it the, it's something, not the life of the party, but he pretty much says in high school, there was always that kid that was kind of weird and not like super popular. And then that kid started hosting all these big parties and he became the popular kid because all the popular kids would come to this kid's house for the party. Have you seen that before or heard that before? So he talks about that when he was, this was two, three years ago when he was really pushing that everyone should start a podcast is that he says, Hey, if you're a new business and you don't have a lot of eyeballs on you. You don't have a lot of connections, a lot of relationships, start hosting the party, be that not so cool kid that starts inviting all these popular people to do things. And then you become one of them. So having these guests on the show is kind of not calling myself a not so cool kid, but that's kind of the premise behind (laughs) it. It's like, Hey, if you can big loser, yeah, exactly. If you can come be on this losers podcast, then you become one of the non-losers. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like it, it... So I was listening to a... It was a video of these podcasters getting interviewed. And they talked about what the most popular form of podcasting was. And it was inviting guests onto your podcast. And the reach for that is so wide because you bring in these popular people... And then they share it with their audience and then you get those people and then they just, it's just this huge snowball yep. effect with bringing these cool kids on and then they're sharing it with their audience. And then it's funny because at the end, they're like, if you were to start a new podcast, what what kind of, what style would you start? They, that's what they said they would start. Yeah. Even though they said it's like oversaturated and that's what everyone's doing. Well, it's so, siphoning people's audiences. Exactly. But it, it's everyone's doing it. But it was the like purpose of it. Everyone's yeah. saying like everyone's doing it. It's oversaturated. 
which makes it a little bit tougher for like this specific podcast where it's just you and I. It's we're not bringing on new guests and it's just us with our circle. Whereas mm-hmm. we're not bringing on these cool kids to, to share. We just got two losers. And yeah, it's just like, exactly. how, are we, how are we supposed to sh- get, reach that wider audience? How do we get out of it? We can't. We're stuck. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that's honestly something that's like, I didn't realize this was going to happen. But the first few episodes, well, I'm still doing it. But every episode I drop for the, the one with guests specifically is I will have $30 and I'll put $30 and boost that post for the new episode drop. So let's say this week we talked about Tony Mueller. He was on the show and Tony has a whole different circle, a whole different click of people and people like Tony. I like Tony cause he was on my show and yeah. people like Tony. So the people that are friends with him start sharing the episode, even if they don't give a shit about me cause they want people to see Tony on there. So yeah. it's almost just like collateral damage that I'm just like floating with everybody. I'm like, okay, I'll go with this person's audience now. Okay. Okay. Now we're going back this way. I'm going with this person's audience. So it is, and that's all about getting attention. If you can come up with different ways to get people's attention and to specifically other people's friends' attention, then you really, you really hit the honey hole, I think. There's a few things that I want. Go ahead. There's a few things that I want to say off that. It's sure you can have those cool kids come onto your show and they can share it with their audience. But if you aren't providing like that interesting content or mm-hmm. that valuable content that makes them want to stay, it's just going to be one and gone. And they're not even going to talk about it later. They're not going to share it with their friends. So it kind of goes back to our old podcast where it's not who you know, it's what you know, or whatever, yeah. whatever the saying was. You got to have those skills and you got to have that quality content there to back it up. And I think and it all I stems also, from having a good product. Yeah, it's like what sure. we talked about exactly. earlier in the podcast. If your questions yep. for your guests and everything suck, then yeah, it's not going to yeah. work. So start with or that. Start with sh- a good podcast. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're a shitty podcast host, which luckily Correct. you're not. So uh, the, the other hey, you're not either, question man. I want. <laughs> thank you. The, uh, I feel like <laughs> I am. But uh, the, other, the other question I wanted to get into was, do you find that that boosted ad spend it pays for itself or helps or is beneficial. What what do you think of that? I'm interested to hear about that. I think it is a very beneficial in $30. Yeah. If you, if you think about that, that's like what $1,500 a year. If you do it once a week, um, I think it's a super beneficial way to get your name out there. There were a couple episodes where I didn't do it where it's like, okay, I get whatever might be a thousand 500 to a thousand impressions on a Facebook post. Uh, now with this 30 bucks, I'm getting anywhere from four to 7,000. So just getting those different audiences. And a lot of the thing is getting new people to come to the page. So there's a lot of Facebook ads you can run and you can boost posts where you need people to click a button or they want you to send them a message. All the ones I do mm-hmm. is just boosted to get in front of eyeballs. I have no call to action for them. And that 500 to a thousand people that might see it that have already watched the show, watched all the previous episodes, the excess on top of that, the four or five, 6,000 extra people, those are people that have never seen the show ever before. And I really run the boosted ads to target the specific demographic that I think would like that guest. So for example, we had uh, Becky Domery, she's a chiropractor on the show. And even though a majority of our audience for the podcast is 75% males, for that specific post, I put all $30 into a 
audience that was all females that enjoyed female interests, demographics, all of that. So then when I did boost this post and I clicked on everyone that liked the post and shared the post to invite them to the page, it was all names I've never seen before. And it was all females. A majority of them were females. So that's where I think uh, I was a little skeptical about it at first because I've never had an experience with Facebook ads really. And I'm like, ah, where's this money really going? But after doing that for, I think we've done 17 episodes now, um, the $30 goes up so long, like goes nice. such a long ways. I was going to ask you getting more into the weeds of it, but we don't have to go there. It seems like you go for reach for the boost, yep. and not for like link clicks or anything. Okay. Yep. And that's, that's mainly because I want to provide as much value as I can because I know the people that want video services, a majority of the people watching the podcast aren't going to need video services. The people that need the video services are the people that are sitting in the chair across from me having the interviews. So the people that watch it and share it and listen to it, uh, those are just people that hopefully they find some value. Maybe they start a business one day and eventually five, six years down the road, they will want to do some type of video thing, but that's really just growing the personal brand when it's getting to those people. Uh, but yeah, that's not really, I don't want to target or have a call to action for those people when I know they're not going to be buying. Yeah. Makes sense. But yeah, it's a, it's a super cool premise. Like Facebook ads are so, if you do them right, obviously you can burn through money going through Facebook ads. But like, if you have a specific goal, like that goal is specifically like, Hey, get, as many people as I can to see this one post. And I could put a thousand dollars behind it, but if you minimize that cost and you still get some eyeballs on there, that's where you're really going. That's really where you're going to see where the grass, I don't even know where I'm going to see where the grass is greener. I was going to say, but that's who knows. ERI is not it's really there. It's late in the day. Yeah. A thousand bucks on one <laughs> post might not, it's not going to get me a thousand in return. Yeah, exactly. So we got a couple more door to door. Have you had any experience with door to door to to generate new business, new clients, new leads? I have not, but I've heard quite a few different people. Maybe more so back in the day where you didn't have social media, you weren't able to just slide into people's DMs. Mm -hmm. it, I feel like DMs and door to door is very similar. DMs is the virtual know. door to door. Yeah, exactly. But I was also talking to my buddy Eddie in Florida, and he was just saying that when he sets a goal and he's trying to like hit his or close his amount of clients that he wants to land, he and he's not there yet, he'll say he'll go door to door and he's not going to try and sell his services. So that's the thing. He's just going to go and introduce himself and then get to know that person a little bit. Just maybe like, you know, hey, I'm Eddie. How's it going? I live over there. And then maybe just sprinkle it in like I do this. Yeah. Just just so they're aware. And then he has like a cool business card. So I have not. Um, I feel like if it was like do or die, I, that's when I would probably do it. But yeah. I feel like I've never been in that situation where it's like I, I need to do this or else I'm going to like, you know, be homeless or whatever it is. It's super niche on what industries actually need door-to-door -door sales to. I would never go door-to-door yeah. -door for video services. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would be tough because it's like they might not even have a job or like they just might yeah. might be an employee and they, you know, they're not going to hire you or unless it's just, yeah, I got plants that I want you to film. Yeah. It's like that, that's not really going to happen. And I think another similar one to that is I see a lot of like brochures 
and you know just handing stuff out putting stuff on a door like a little gift basket or something like that i think a lot of realtors do that too yeah and that's where i get once i bought my house my realtor sends me stuff all the time in the mail like hey we got this thing going on or we got this thing and i think that's more for the realtors to kind of be in the back of your mind in case you do need to buy another house one day i think there Mm -hmm. are specific ways that you can go door to door in every single industry video services you obviously wouldn't do that if you're a corporate videographer like myself but let's say you're a photographer and okay you really need some jobs you go door to door and say hey we're doing 50 percent offer yeah we're doing 50 percent off for family photos for just this month go knock on twenty thousand doors and i guarantee you're going to get some people that say yes uh, so there are specific example. there. Yeah, there's specific uh, avenues you can go in every single industry that it would work for. It just really depends. I've never had yeah. experience with door to door. I've had people knock on my door, but I know it's super popular right now in social media to kind of work on these door to door sales. There's one guy that he films them and puts them on TikTok and Biggie. Yeah. Is he the I don't know if it's the right guy. Biggie, but there's, the what, insurance guy. <laughs> Oh, no, not him. Oh. The guy I'm thinking of does uh, cleans windows. So he goes oh. in and he says, hey, we're doing an offer yeah. for the neighborhood. That's like 349 Well, it's always 349 He tells everybody that. Um, so he's kind of showing the door-to-door sales process. But it definitely works for uh, certain industries better than others. But it will work for every industry depending on which you go um, with. But I think it all then comes down to if you're doing door-to-door to get new business, new clients – you have to be good at sales. You got to master that pitch. Yeah. I think for you, your specific niche, you might be more appropriate to go into businesses and be like, hey, this is what I do and just introduce yourself there. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever done that before, but I yes. feel like door to door for you would yeah. be, I feel like that would be what your door to door would look like is finding businesses and just going in there and just introducing yourself. Yeah. And I don't know if we talked about this in a previous podcast episode, but a lot of these things for generating new businesses and new clients and new leads. These are all, except the door-to-door, is almost like inbound leads. Door-to-door would be outbound, so you're actually having to go out there and find them. But another way to do outbound leads, which you know we haven't talked about a ton, would be to actually go to... Where the fuck was I going with this? I was thinking Google ads because you were talking about outbound, but I have no idea where, where you were oh, going no, with that. I am going, I know where I'm going with this is offering uh free or discounted services in the beginning. And I think we maybe talked about this in a previous episode, but getting your foot in the door, this is, this is kind of like the podcast uh, thing for me for meeting these business owners. I used to shoot free ads and pivoting into hosting guests on the podcast is actually my way to get out of offering free services because I didn't want to shoot a ton of free services just to meet these business owners. So instead, mm-hmm. starting the podcast and meeting these free business owners was an easier way to meet them without, hey, I'll offer you this free video. I still do that from time to time. If there is a client that I'm like, hey, I really want to work with them, uh, I'll make sure there's uh, you know, something where we can work out where it's like, okay, if I can just even land this relationship, it's going to help me beneficial in the long run. But don't be afraid of offering free services or discounted services in the beginning to get your foot in the door. Yeah, we briefly talked about doing free services just to start out or show what you can do. But a question, do you 
cold email businesses or is it like a call or how do you get new business on there? I know one person came up to you and said, hey, that would be cool if I got on there. But how, how do you typically go about it and how does that work for you? To get people on the podcast? Yeah. Uh, I pretty much reach out to a majority of the people. There's probably 10 to 15% that reach, reach out, out to how? me. Uh, either email or a lot of them I've had not had their contact information, but about the first half of the episodes, I knew of them or I knew them pretty well. And then from there, they kind of recommend like, hey, I think so-and-so would be really good for the episode. Here's their contact information. Yep. And then there's been a couple people that reach out on Facebook saying, hey, I think I'd be a good guest for the show. Or I had someone reach out on LinkedIn that we're trying to get on the show right now. That's, hey, I'm the marketing manager, the owner of this company, I think would be good for the show. He'd fun to have come on and talk. So I'd say there's Maybe 15 to 20% reach out to me and say, hey, can I be on the show? Uh, the majority of the other ones, I just reach out. And the nice part about it is people like being asked to do things. They like talking about themselves, their own business. So majority of the yes, times, do. they don't say no. So if you say, hey, yeah. so-and-so, you want to come on my show and talk about your business for 35 minutes and how you got into it? Majority of them are like, yeah, I'd love to. And it's it doesn't cost them anything except an hour of their time. Uh, they get free exposure for their business and I in turn get the free eyeballs from their audience. So that's typically emails, sometimes yeah. social. Emails, texting, social. It's kind of a mix of all of them. But uh, yeah, I mean, lately it's been pretty much all over the map. To begin with, it was a lot of emails for to previous clients like, hey, I'm starting this new thing. You want to come on? And now it's and now it's kind of like, hey, here's so-and-so's number. Or, hey, give this person a call. Or, hey, this person wants to come on, so shoot them an email. So it's kind of all over the map now, which is yeah, kind of cool. I feel, yeah, I think building the podcast up and getting more viewership there, just more and more people are going to be, you know, coming to you and being like, hey, can I get on the show? And then you're going to get to the point where you're going to have to be like, I need an audition or something like that. Yeah. Well, and it's now it's like, <laughs> ah, I don't really want you on my show. But yeah, no. you're going to be able, a lot more picky with it. Yeah. Because you're going to have so many so many more people supply and demand. Hopefully, I don't need to ever turn anyone down. I'd love to have literally everyone on the show. Maybe it goes from once a week to twice a week or something. Uh, but eventually, you know, you run out of business owners in Minot, I think. Obviously, there's a ton. But, you know, that is something down the road where it might happen. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a good a good list of ways to get new clients, new business, new leads. That's kind of some of the stuff that we have went through. Uh, Tyler, is there anything else that you kind of want to talk about on some ways that you've gotten some new leads, new business? No, not really. I feel like we touched on a good portion of them. And I think yeah. just word of mouth and referrals are probably some of the best leads that you can get just because you, you know, you got that social proof behind it and they're saying this guy's really good. So you already got that back behind you and they already know what you can do. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, the main goal is just to have a good product or service. Everything will kind of fall in behind that. Yes, there are different strategies. You can go to get new business, new leads, new clients, kind of do some tips and tricks to get them into your email inbox or whatever. But at the end of the day, if your product, yeah, at the end of the day, if your product sucks, then is it really going to be worth it? You might do one job with them, never hear from them again. So just make sure you start with that good product or service. And then push them into the funnel from there. Yeah. All right. We're cool. at about an hour. Let's uh, give her a wrap. That's episode four, The Midnight Entrepreneur. If you have any questions you'd like us to cover or answer, you can email us at themidnightentrepreneur at gmail.com. If you found value in the content or found this entertaining, share this with a friend or post it on your story. If you really enjoyed the show, we'd love a rating and a review on wherever you're listening. Talk to you guys next week for another episode of The Midnight Entrepreneur. 
Talk to you guys next week for another episode of The Midnight Entrepreneur.